Hey, just wanted to pop in before we get today's episode started. Um, I wanted to show you guys an incredible pilot that you should help fund today through Kickstarter. ZDZ is making their ramshackle shorts, comics, and whatnot into an actual animated pilot and needs your help. Um, I've been an absolute fan of ramshackle ever since I saw the short and seeing the subsequent stuff afterwards. And I was excited to hear that they were going forward with making an animated pilot. But again, they need your help with the Kickstarter. Here's the trailer for the Kickstarter. Link to that Kickstarter will be in the description below. Go support them today and enjoy the trailer. Sup, y'all. I'm Z, and I'm the creator of Ramshackle, a comedy series about the misadventures of three street rats, Skip, Stone, and Vinny, as they try to survive on the streets of their crime-ridden town. Ramshackle is a huge passion project of mine, and the characters go way back. And I mean way back. Although the majority of Ramshackle consists of silly chaotic antics, it's actually deeply rooted in themes of friendship and found family. Currently, Ramshackle is a webcomic on Webtoon. I also made a short film centered around the characters for my final student film in 2020, and since then it's actually gained a little bit of a fan base. After doing some thinking, I realized that Ramshackle is just begging to become an animated series. That's why my next step for it is to make a fully animated, 11-minute pilot episode. In the episode, the trio finds a baby in the trash can and has to figure out what to do with it. And of course, in true ramshackle nature, mayhem ensues. The episode script is done, and I'm actually finalizing the storyboards as we speak. The pilot will be a massive undertaking, but I think it will be really worth it. I decided to launch a Kickstarter campaign to help fund the production because... As you all know, animation is hella expensive, and all the funds will go towards paying all the artists, animators, and musicians who will help make the episode a reality. It took me almost a year of backbreaking work to create a minute and a half short film by myself, so if you don't want to wait over 10 years for this thing to come out, please consider pledging to the Kickstarter. And if it entices you, pledging to the Kickstarter also comes with rewards. We've got behind-the-scenes art, the complete film in its storyboard stage, posters, skateboard decks, cameos, and heck, maybe even bricks? There's also stretch goals, which means if we all surpass the target amount, we can have more rewards for everyone. Making a fully independent episode of Ramshackle is definitely a bucket list item of mine. I absolutely adore indie animation, and I can't wait to be a part of it. There's just something that feels so raw and genuine about content that comes out of pure passion. And who knows what might come of this? If Ramshackle gets enough attention, I might be able to produce a whole series independently, or maybe even get funding from a studio. There's so much of the Ramshackle universe that I want to share with you guys, but we gotta start with episode one. So if you want to see some good old vintage chaos, please consider pledging to the Ramshackle Kickstarter.
Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and I don't know about you, but I feel like today you should get amped because we have a true dog champ. Yes, you heard me right. Today's guest is 2AM Soda, a musician and a VTuber with an outstanding vibe, whether you're chilling to their music or you're enjoying one of their streams. This was sincerely an incredible and insightful conversation that I was sincerely glad to have with Soda. Um, they were a blast to just talk to, and I know you guys are going to enjoy that with the conversation before you. If you enjoy Soda, make sure you support them with their links down in the description below. Their Twitch streams are always fun to enjoy, and I mean, their music is straight up a vibe. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff. I absolutely love it, and I cherish them. Each individual review. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider rocking some of the incredible merch that you can find at the merch shop at pmap.creator-spring.com. We got some incredible designs done by some wonderful artists, and I think you would look incredible with a shirt or two on. Just saying. Just me personally. And hey, if all you're just doing is looking for a cool place where you can talk about some of the artists that I brought on this podcast, or just get to know other incredible artists and have a fun time, maybe you should consider joining the podcast Discord server, The Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed an incredible community so far, and you know what, it'd just be more incredible if you joined us today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Hello. Oh my god, hi. Is this the twitch.tv dot postmodern art podcast at twitch.tv.com? I mean, I do have that, but I don't stream on Twitch. <laughs> I mean we can we can make it happen. We can make that happen right now. I mean that is true. That is very true. <laughs> like oh I my said, god. Like I said, I have it, I just don't use it. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I think I that's like I feel like that's the norm, right? I feel like most people just have Twitch and then they're just like, Yeah, it's there. I have a little banner, I have something. I wrote some words on my about, and that's it. There you go. Uh, I honestly saying because there's one point I want to like do it at some point, but I do want to get to a point where I am streaming. I, that 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 is a long term end goal that I'd love to have more than anything else. But you know, mm. at, for the time being, I've just been busy with so many different other aspects that streaming hasn't exactly been a priority. So, gotcha. Gotcha, totally. I see you're sharing screens. Do you need me to share screens? Are we doing that it, about that, that life? That that is completely up to you if you're not comfortable sharing a screen or anything like that that is not your call all i care about is if i can hear you that's the main thing that i care about cool 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 cool, cool. yeah not that i don't not that i don't think i'm beautiful and fabulous but you know <laughs> sometimes i just don't want the whole world knowing what i look like and i think that's yeah you know that's the nice thing about vtubing it's like oh i can have a sexy little outside face and a sexy little inside face <laughs> there you go love your posters by the way love all the tyler i appreciate thank you i appreciate that tyler is not only one of my favorite artists but a dream guest i would love to have on this podcast oh my so, god yeah. i think tyler would be insane to get just because he's had such a fucking wild career from loiter squad to all his crazy shit he's kind of had a reverse kanye west if you want to put it that way <laughs> Seeing how everything's going down with that aspect. Yeah, you're not wrong whatsoever. <laughs> God, I've been following that. And it's it's not heartbreaking, but it's just fuck him and a bunch of other things. It's 
not I, I mean i can't judge a person someone i don't know but i can definitely say he's not get he's he is refusing the help he needs to get and mm-hmm. he has people around him who are not helping him at all well do you not remember from that one song that he's saying he doesn't take advice from people less successful than him and yep have to, there's your answer yeah there's your answer i yeah, was, I, it, I, I saw what was it today on twitter someone made like one of those animorphs or whatnot they have like the 2004 kanye morphing into uncle ruckus from freaking uh oh from, from boondocks <laughs> God, that's not incorrect. I'm just, it, it's just disappointing because I felt like with Ye, the album Ye, I felt like we had like progress yeah. and then it just went down the toilet immediately. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Cause that, yeah. I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube reviewers and I think the best review I've ever saw of it. Have you heard of someone called Rough Criminal? I have not, no. Um, he's incredible. He's a great YouTube reviewer. He reviews everything in 10 seconds or less. Okay. Oh, wait, um, I, so, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. It's like literally like he'll be the, the photos will be him holding the the, yes, the that's vinyl. Him. Exactly. Okay. He's phenomenal because I think he does such a good way of succinct. He, you know, he, because it's only 10 seconds. Right. And so he only gets a chance to like say basically one line and then have a little blurb at the end. Mm-hmm. So you don't really, you get a review, but you don't necessarily get like a positive or negative. It's more of like a summation of what it is. Yeah. Just a vibe in and like so five seconds at best, <laughs> right? And so like you get you get the overall tone, you get the you get the idea if you vibed with it or not, but you also get what to expect going in, especially if you're a fan or just a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, and his review for Ye was incredible because he said it sounds like a therapy breakthrough, and yeah. I would have to like wholeheartedly agree. And that's what makes all this other stuff so sad because it's like damn. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, Ye is one of those like it, 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 I call it an EP, but like it's a, it's one of those EPs that like I. I like to listen to, but it's also hard for me to listen to at times considering, you know, both what is said on there, but also like, again, like you can tell that like, it felt like it was a breakthrough and then Jesus is King happened and then Don done. Just, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it, it's, that's the only reason it's sad. Cause it felt like this could have been a good upward movement for him, but it was not. And it, <laughs> like, it's, and like, it seems like every single time these days I hear more about Ye, it's harder for me just to like listen to anything that he does because no, like, yeah, because it's like you know, on one hand, like obviously, like he's very instrumental when it comes to music as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like he is someone that whenever he was he made his debut or whatnot, he truly like was one of the people that led the change when it comes to how music is produced these days or whatnot. Yeah, Jesus uh, was revolutionary for a lot of different things. I think yes. it definitely brought like a different. I mean, not to say that he's the sole, what's so harbinger of it, but yeah. it definitely brought about a change in how people receive music because it looks like called Ye came out around the same time as the rise of PC music and a rise of a lot of other different scenes that were very kind of off kilter, off the norm, kind of yeah. pushing boundaries of like what pop music can do. Mm-hmm. And so, and I definitely do think that kind of stuff paved the way for a lot of, you know, the current, um, what's the way we're seeing hyper pop stuff yeah yeah we're seeing right yeah. now um and but it, and it's it's just sad seeing how much how, it's sad seeing how much like good leftist music is, has come from people who cite this man as like a early inspiration i mean it's it's weird how in almost 20 years like a perspective of someone because i mean even before that like kanye was producing music for like jay-z and such you know for like late 90s early yeah. 2000s or whatnot so in like basically over 20 years how much 
he has both revolutionized music, but also like how hard it is for people to support him nowadays with all the shit that's I going can't down. Support him. I can't support him. There's too much. There's my response is that like, did he have some good stuff? Yes. But there's too much good music now that I don't feel like I yes. need to hold on to someone who's a shitty person. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We could all just listen to Tyler. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not great either. I didn't like well, his no. Arsler at the end of common when you get lost, but that's about it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's only yeah, it's hard. It's hard to defend Tyler sometimes, but also like you can also see with him, especially like compared to what he used to produce back with like Bastard or whatnot, compared to what he's done now, major leaps and bounds. (laughs) You can see the change, and the change is tangible in how he approaches himself and how he approaches just his whole life at this point too. And so, like, no, this makes sense. This is definitely someone who was a 19 year old 4chan edge lord who kind of like. Turn the turn themselves around, but also realized they were queer and mm. and kind of moved forward in that direction. Yep, exactly, exactly. I love how we've not even really started the conversation, but we're already with some good conversation too. <laughs> Listen, I, I I feel like emotional honesty is just the best thing you can bring to the table, and so I don't feel like I want to hold back too much. I'm obviously I'm not going to say something crazy. I'm not going to pull. <laughs> I would, like not. Crazy. I would like to hope not. Because I don't not. have anything crazy. Like we're talking about fucking VTubers today and just dumb things that I like to do. So, right? I mean, I mean, to be fair, I was going to say, like, VTube. Also, like, I did want to talk a good bit about the music, which, you know, also is associated with VTubing. In fact, you make music for VTubers as well as whatnot. So, yeah, I, yeah like, I, I definitely wanted to talk about both spectrums of it. And obviously, like, having that knowledge of music really does go a long way, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's huge. It's the same thing for any person who's into any sort of like creative uh, field you need to have some sort of history with it in order to have something you can meaningfully contribute to it if that makes sense you know what i mean like it's hard to it's hard to i don't want to say emulate what's the word i'm trying to pull out of my head it's hard it's hard to kind of achieve what you're hoping to do if you don't have the experience you know you have to you have to understand the rules to kind of break them where you want to break them Mm mm-hmm and so, you know, people who, who draw in a certain style, they have to study, you have to study that style for a long time or at least understand how it works. So that way you can then go approach it with your own direction. And that's why I'm always big on, you know, like if you're writing, read a lot of stuff. If you're listening, there's a huge kind of push in the music scene for people to not listen to a lot of music because mm-hmm. partially because of all the DMCA laws and people are worried that like if you sound too close to someone else, you could get you know, sued to hell and back. And I don't want to be in court trying to fight Hall and Oates or some shit like that. <laughs> or Metallica. Um, or God, yeah. I don't want to be, oh God, I do not want to be in a court case of a Metallica. They'll make that last like 22 million years long. And then it'll be our great, 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 great grandchildren fighting that one. But, but at least their own music will be censored on Twitch when they're performing it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you have to, you have to have just some sort of like, some sort of history with things in order to really have a appreciation slash way you can kind of approach way you can approach things at your own angle. Right. Right. I mean, I honestly, I can wholeheartedly agree with you because I listen to it. Like as someone that is producing their own podcast or whatnot, I try to, you know, listen to a good bit of other podcasts, see what they're doing, see what I enjoy about them, see how they constitute their flow but also like you know i have like my style i have my my vibe my mentality or whatnot so i'm not gonna go obviously directly exactly how a person is gonna conduct an interview or whatnot i'm just gonna do my own thing and hopefully it fits within some sort of narrative 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, there's there's more osmosis in everything we do than we want to admit. You know, like you are passively referencing things, even if you aren't aware of it. Like you're copying someone's like way they would explain the story or mm-hmm. or ways that they would approach this topic, even if you aren't doing that intentionally, just because of what you've experienced. And personally, I see that as a good thing because that means you are taking your own opinions on how that person did something, internalizing it, but because it's coming out of you and not them, it's slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Once again, have yeah. you really started? We've already getting deep in the conversation. I love oh, it. Have you hit the record button? Oh, yeah. I, I was I was recording. Like I record this little intro bit to try to – because I'm going to do like seeking up audio. I also record my own audio on a separate track just to be safe in case something fucks up with the, the Discord okay. call or whatnot. So I have okay. been recording this. And if you're okay with it, yeah. I'm definitely going to include this as part of the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Audacity, don't fail us now. <laughs> I do want to say thank you so much for taking time to do this, by the way. I really do greatly appreciate you taking the yeah, time. Absolutely. To- no problem problem thank you for reaching out like um it's it's a weird experience it's a weird feeling doing this because it's like you know the scene is so small but at the same time you know there are people who people are interested in you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's cool that you are taking kind of lead on that i'm not there's obviously tons of podcasts but i've known about years probably the longest in terms of like you know reaching out to these people in this scene and asking them questions about it yeah, well, I mean, I, I try to, to cast a wide net when it comes to just artists in general, but also like VTubers, because there's a good, prominent, growing uh, field when it comes to VTubers, in my opinion. So, yeah. like, and obviously, like, and, and like, just artists in general, like, I, I've said this a million times before, but like, there are so many incredible artists doing so many incredible stuff, but yet, like, whenever they're posting their stuff online or whatnot, it's like, it's there and it's gone. Like, yeah, I, I want to yeah. give these people, like, more of an opportunity to let, the, let them know that the stuff that they are doing is absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. you know? Right. The vapidity of the internet, if that's a word, vapidity, vapidness, <laughs> um, is, I, I don't know. The, the, I'm not an English major, but uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the speed at which things move is scary. But the um, but I think it's kind of cool, and this is I think an interesting take that I've thought about a lot is just Ooh. that because people are making so many cool things, it is harder to kind of keep track of that, which is like a weird net positive, net negative. It's it's the because there's so much cool stuff, it's hard to keep track of it all. Yeah, and the speed of it doesn't help as well. So I think any you know any chance you can to kind of uplift voices that you think are interesting enough, I think is really cool. Well, yeah, it's one of those, like, that's that's sort of less the, like you said, the net positive, net negative when it comes to just the internet as a whole. The fact that mm-hmm. everyone has access to it, everyone can post whatever they want on there, and that also means that everyone's going to be posting whatever they want on there, so there's right. too much stuff to consume to, to really, right. you know, like, obviously, if you take the time to cater your taste, you know, that's great, but also, like, it doesn't really, if you cater it specifically to your taste, it might not leave a whole lot of room for, you know, discovering new tastes, you know? Right. And it's weird, too, because there's the idea of a local scene has really been kind of morphed because of it, too. There's no like to be active in a local scene. You have to be in the local scene. You have to be on the ground floor. Like, for example, for music, you have to be going to local shows. You have to be Mm -hmm. paying the five dollar cover charge at somebody's house to go to a basement show. And people still do that and people still kind of care about that. But it's way easier now to just go on a YouTube dive or let Spotify kind of find an artist for you. And then you kind of just kind of look into that artist, find their contemporaries and you find yourself in scenes that aren't even within anywhere driving, anywhere driving distance of you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I've had a good couple of artists on this podcast who are like, 
I'm glad that I know that about them, like through the internet or whatnot. But I also see that they're very prominent within like their local scene. Um, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's one who's a folk punk artist, uh, Ash Bricky, big with uh, not big, but he's like he's he's slowly growing within the uh, like Sacramento area out in Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I'm a huge fan of. I don't know, you may have heard of them before. Uh, Left at London. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like sh- you know I see that you know she still does a lot of good you know prominent stuff whenever she was able to like within the mm-hmm. Seattle scene because that's where you know she group or whatnot and right i want to see both of them like both succeed in the local scene in the the grander scene as a whole or whatnot mm-hmm. but like also like again it goes back to the fact that we have this access to the internet it, it right. makes it easier for that local scene to grow but also like i also get where you're getting at yeah when right to, yeah growing local scene is great but i think the problem is in order to have like a career boost you have you have to rely on things outside of the local scene because mm-hmm. otherwise you just kind of stay a local band Yep. Which is not to say that that's not how things work, but there's definitely less like promoters that work within a local scene. It's definitely more about, hey, did you hit an algorithm on Spotify and now your yeah. thing's gotten promoted onto playlist? Or did you get lucky of a TikTok trend like Surf Curse, who's been one of my favorite bands for a hot minute? You know, with the whole freak song, mm-hmm. like that basically revitalized their career. That song was 10 years old and they just put out, because of that, they were able to put out a new album recently and it's a great oh, wow. album. Yeah, good for them more than anything else. That's yeah. cool to hear. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they just got lucky with a TikTok trend and it re brought back all their music. Which reminds me, I really need to devote myself to to making like shorts and TikToks. I I, I said I was gonna devote myself to it to try to grow this podcast just a little bit more. You it's know, so hard. I've been meaning. I keep telling myself I need to make clips of my channel and post them on TikTok and like because diversification of your stuff is good. Yes, but it's also more time. It's, and uh, it's how much time do I want to spend versus how much time should I be spending on other things? You know, it's the some it's the just trying to make sure I have 24 hours in a day kind of thing. Schrodinger's social media, I guess, in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do I pay someone to make my 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 clips for me? But then that's also more money I need to throw into this. And now it's like, OK, is this like money for it? Is this like approaching effort of a full-time job or is this where i just find myself in debt because i keep spending money on vtuber stuff yep (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say like for me as well as i could pay for you know the editor and stuff like that and it's something i would definitely consider but also like Mm -hmm. i also need to pay for you know my car payment or whatnot i I think that's a little bit more important with i have an apartment god i have a cat Um, I think that cat needs food. He yeah. will yell at me if he doesn't get food. That sounds like a big deal. <laughs> but also, VTuber stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, God. It's so tempting. It's so tempting. You see people who do cool stuff, and it's like, you know, I could add that to my stream. And yes. you look at the price, you're like, you know, I don't need to eat this week. That's $200. I can afford that. <laughs> no. not, and not that, that – and not that – and full disclosure that's not to discredit the 200 dollars are just pay what they should be paying. Yes, and absolutely. you should pay them what they should be paid. Absolutely. But at the same time – art's a luxury in the sense of like buying it commissioning it it's it's money and that's money you should be spending on other things if you can't afford if you need to afford that preach it and that's what makes it difficult in every scene where at some point it does come down to who has the more money to burn on certain opportunities yeah you know like like with the music scene is who can who can stomach playing free shows up until they get booked for something and you know it's it's heartbreaking that that's where we are for a lot of artistic scenes but like at the same time people need to get paid you know and 
a free a free show doesn't pay the artist, but it pays the venue who can keep having artists. There's some other fucky stuff. Of course, I'm excluding in that situation, of but course. you know, but like at the at the end of the day, that's how it works. You know, bands before venues nickel and dime bands are venues made money by selling drinks at concerts. That's why they're so expensive. They sell they made money selling drinks and they made money selling food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, it, it it has the money has to come from somewhere. So, yeah, yep. love it, love it. In today's society, sadly, <laughs> <laughs> um, jo- g- giant broad gestures at the word society and all that good stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I d- oh, well, I was saying before we went off on that little tangent or whatnot. I do uh, once again thank you for taking the time to be here. I really do appreciate it. I specifically wanted to make sure I have you for this episode because when this episode premieres, it'll be episode one hundred two. Oh. Two. Yep. Two. Yep. That's a number. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I believe the term is synergy. I tried to, to have that going when it comes to this episode. Brand alignment right yeah. here. Oh my gosh. Our, our stock options are going to be crazy there, next year. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Clap. <laughs> All right. So now before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast today. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord with accommodations. It's just you, along with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. Get to truly enjoy yourself just for a little bit. Mm. To help with whatever vibe you want to try to go with on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you. Whatever you consider media or art. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? My God, that's a hard question. Just mm-hmm. one, just just one. I mean, again, I can be a little loose with it. So if it's like a collection of something or a series of something, I will consider that as quote unquote one. But can I bring my record collection? Can I do that? Yeah, I can. Or is that too many things? Yeah, I, I'll allow it. I'll allow it because I'm I'm a, a person that is also sorry. I'm also a person that's a fan of records as well, and I I yeah. get it. You know, different a good little variety that you got going on there, right? Exactly. There's some I've picked up that I straight up just have not listened to, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I should probably. This would be a good opportunity to actually sit with some of the stuff that I have, slash, um, just like not be so distracted with with Spotify and be like, oh, check all these new things. No, here's the stuff I have. Let me like sit some time. Let me let me, let me pay some attention to it. Like really kind of dive into it versus surface level listening as i've as we all do sometimes you know right no absolutely i was gonna say just the other day i just got a new record in because i pre-ordered um asheroth and heather gray why is it so gray out um okay yeah it, like i listened to it on spotify it's really good i wanted to, to support them and pre-order the, the 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 record the vinyl i have the, i haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to sit down and, like listen to it like through vinyl because i know that just like you can obviously test this with your vinyl collection listening to vinyl is just a whole different experience it's very and I like this word. It's very intentional. Yes. You know what I mean? You don't put on Spotify and you really sit down and listen to it, at least not often. There's some there's some records I will, and we could probably talk about those. Mm-hmm. But, like, most of the time, if I'm putting on something on Spotify, it's a playlist or I'm putting on, like, a record that I'm comfortable with. And so it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. But if I'm putting on a record, you know, I've, like, made a whole moment for myself, you know? It's not a flipping on the TV and seeing what's on. It's, no, I'm deliberately putting this on my record player, I'm deliberately like turning off the lights. I'm deliberately setting up my speakers and I'm going to deliberately listen to this and maybe even take notes just based on like how I'm feeling. There you go. There you go. Is there a particular record that you can think of that collection that would probably be one of the first ones you do listen to? Oh, um, let me look over right now. Um, 
You know, it's probably the one I just picked up last night. Actually, Ooh. I was at a show. I went to a I went to a small show um, for this band that I've been listening to since high school um, okay. called Yellow o- called Yellow Ostrich. Yellow Ostrich. Okay. They have a they have a very popular song about a whale, and that kind of blew them up back in like 2011 or whatever. <laughs> okay, but, um, it's a it, yeah, it's a it's a great it's a one of my favorite bands, and I saw them live last night for their new album, and it was called Soft, and I just picked that up last night, so I probably want to give it more time to see how I feel about it in regards to their whole body of work, you know? Okay, you know what? That's fair. I mean, more than anything, especially, like, again, it goes back to, like, I was saying with the, the Asher Roth, you know, album that I got or whatnot. Like, yeah, it's just, like, just getting the opportunity just to listen to it finally and, like, truly, like, soak it in through the vinyl yeah. experience. Like, I can only imagine. Um, but nevertheless, your record collection, that is your answer. You're locking that in. Yeah, we're done. It's stuck. <laughs> Can't get me out now. All right, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I, am man, I am manifesting myself on this island right, as we speak. Well, before you manifest too far into that island, I just come back with me a little bit because uh, I, uh. Cannot, <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at postmodartpod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. They are a musician and a VTuber with a great vibe across platforms. Plus, most importantly, they're your mom's favorite little dog champ. Welcome to the podcast, 2 a.m. Soda. My line. You read my line. Oh, my God. I have to say it now. Thank you. I, I so much for having me on though, Post. Oh, absolutely. It's like huge. Absolutely. I tried to firstly, I had to include the line. It was a perfect line, a good way to segue it more than anything else. I appreciate you coming yeah. up with that in the first place. Um <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think I stole it from somebody else as I do most of my stuff. In the sense of like I heard Dog Champ somewhere else. I'm like, you know, you know, let me just it's a good little word. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, I I appreciate you once again taking the time to be here. Um, I know when I was first introduced to you and got to really divulge some of the stuff that you've been able to make and some of the stuff you present out there, I knew it was only a matter of time before I had you on the podcast. I just wanted to make sure that I included a number two in the episode. Um, <laughs> but Good, good. On hey, brand. Absolutely. But before we divulge to what you're making and what you're presenting out there, I want to go back just a little bit, if I may. More, no, more or less okay. the origin story of Soda. What got okay. you interested in art and music in the first place? Oh man, like that's a that's a long question. Are you ready for my uh, resume report on this? Is this like where I'm pu- I'm pulling up my Indeed article about myself and then or pulling up Indeed right now about to ship off my resume? Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a podcast. Take as long as you need to to go in depth. Okay, with it. <laughs> three, three hours later. But um, yeah. So I started playing piano when I was like seven oh, or wow. something like that. My older sister wanted to do it. And so my parents found like a local pianist through our church or something like that. And um, she didn't want her to go alone. So she made me go with her. So she was a little older than me, like the proper age for piano. I was not the proper age for piano. I don't think you teach six-year-olds piano, but whatever. (laughs) That's when I started. Um, But then I like, and so I did that for a couple of years. And then when I was like 10, you know, you're starting to reach the point where you listen to a little more rock stuff. You're like, you listen to stuff that isn't necessarily what your parents are listening to. And so you're like, I want to play guitar. I want to play guitar so badly. Okay. And so you, I got signed up for guitar lessons at age 10, learned classical guitar, took that for like six years, six years. So I'm 
don't ask me to play anything complicated anymore because <laughs> I'm very much out of practice. But I guess I guess I, I say that I'm classically trained, and that by that isn't I mean I can take like a week and probably learn some things if I were to try. Okay. But I mean, I still I still practice that and whatnot. Um, and yeah, from there, it just kind of like snowballed into an obsession with in regards to like. I was big on YouTube back in like 2010 in the sense of like, I f- that was my main music discovery platform. The rec- I feel like the recommendator back then was really good in the sense of you would find a song, like I would find I would hear a song on the radio that my parents would be able to have on have on. It'd be something like on like the slight alt rock channel. It'd be like Modest Mouse or The okay. Strokes or something or The White Stripes. I love The White Stripes, one of my favorite bands ever. Um, and I'd be like, what song is that? What song is that? And this is, you know, the pre days before you had like song IDs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so you would see me type into Google and type into YouTube, like a song that goes like, or something like, <laughs> you know, just trying to figure out what I heard on the radio, found a lot of that stuff. And then from there, you know, the YouTube recommender was actually pretty solid about like letting you dive further into deeper artists. And so as I was growing up doing this more and more frequently, I was finding more and more artists that. I fell in love with, especially in the indie scene, eventually the EDM scene, not really into the EDM scene as much in these days, but like definitely, into, definitely kind of like my foray to electronic music, which is where I've kind of sitting currently and to this day, I guess. Okay. Okay. You know what? I mean, hey, all that influence or whatnot, like just even like the first introduction to, to music, seeing that journey alone, it is both unique, but also something I can easily see as plausible. Like you were talking about like with YouTube or whatnot, that was especially about that time, you know, 2010 or whatnot, that was probably about the time where I was maybe like a few years after, like where I was really starting to get into YouTube and like, yeah, Hmm. it, it was so easy to just like find stuff like just in general on YouTube back in the day. Like goodness. Not to date myself, but I was a little too early for the MySpace scene in the sense of like, I was a little too baby for it. So YouTube (laughs) was kind of like the next fertile ground, if you will. I feel like there's always some website on the internet right now where it's the best one to find music artists on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is currently. I feel like right now it's Spotify. Yeah. I, I feel like that too, especially with how they, they do their algorithm or whatnot. Uh, yeah. And, some of, and once again, people having the access to being able to put their stuff on there or whatnot, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's unique to say the least. Um, so I have to know, obviously, like, obviously there's a good love, uh, a good foundation for kind of the musical. When, I, when did for you go from this, like, just general love for music to a passion and wanting to make it your career? <laughs> My career is a very nebulous and big term as if I do it as a full-time job. But <laughs> thank you. I, appreci- I appreciate that that's how it looks externally. That's my goal. But <laughs> um, I think I really wanted to start making music around probably towards the end of my high school career. Once okay. I started, like, making friends... I was in band, so I had friends who played instruments, and so sometimes I would go over to their house. I played guitar, and I had a friend who played drums. And, you know, sometimes that's just all you need is just two people yeah. dicking around on instruments. Um, and But there, but I think it was when I realized um, Beatport was a thing and EDM was a thing and how easy that was to actually make music for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with those websites or whatnot, but to explain real quickly, Beatport is like an iTunes for DJs. You can get stems of songs on it, mainly for EDM works. Okay. But they'd also run, they'd also run remix competitions. And so a lot of people actually got big off of those remixes. Um, the two that come to mind are actually Madeon and Porter Robinson. They both won a lot of Beatport competitions and that's how was their start. Okay. I didn't realize that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They were, cause they both 
kind of did electro EDM music before switching into what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, and so find and so like finding that out about them being like, oh my gosh, these dudes are 19 years old and are like famous DJs just for playing remix competitions, just from doing remixes and. Not, I mean, the fame gets to you a little bit. It's like, oh, I could be famous too if I learn. Or, but it's also slash. I like what they're making as well, and I still love what they're making right now too. And that was definitely a further push for me to not only just learn the software, but also like, oh, if I make like things I really want to make, th that would might also take off as well. And so from there, I started teaching myself uh, using a totally real, totally free, totally not. <laughs> Totally, totally legal version of FL Studio and some other legal sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally free, to totally, yeah, totally legal. totally free, totally legal. Like how everyone has a copy of Photoshop three for some reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Or what was you it know, like, just, that, like you know every single screenwriter out there has that uh, you know older version of Celtex that that you can absolutely find for free or whatnot. Anyway, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So everyone, so that FL, so FL Studio was the first one I learned off of, just because again accessibility, it's the easiest one to get online okay. for free um and so and i made my little um i made a bunch of other projects a bunch of other albums i think the last thing i made off of it was the little epa released under the two amp soda name which is the last name i was using for art for like music projects and last name in terms of like where i'm at now okay okay yeah that's fair that's fair i was gonna say i'm wondering oh wait you Wow, I had the question then. It just left my mind. Like, where did it go? I... <laughs> no, okay. So you were saying that would that that the project that you're talking about would that be the one that I believe was released in 2018 called Sushi correct. Bar? Okay. Yeah, correct. Okay. That one. That was like the last thing I did on FL Studio before kind of taking a break for a little bit slash um, just getting burnt out. I went through like several other project names. I like this name a lot now, obviously, by the fact that that's what I go by. <laughs> and that's what people know me as for, yeah, which right. I think is cool. I think it's fun. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of burnt myself out trying really hard to just do a bunch of different remixes under a bunch of different projects. I got some momentum on some of them, but you know, it's it's difficult when you're options are very limited and you were and i didn't really have a car so i couldn't really go out and do play stuff as well so right, right. just hope just hoping on like the the apathy of the internet to find and discover me is not a good way to approach anything ever I mean, that that's fair. That's valid. And, you know, since you did bring it up, I was going to hopefully wait a little later to ask this question. But I have to ask, where exactly did the name 2AM Soda come from? So there is so i don't want to give away it completely okay because i i think there's there's some there's it'd be i i there's i have a hope that someone will actually find the reference and okay. then will ask me about it and i'd be like oh my god you found it that'd be a spectacular but ultimately i like it because it's and this is something that i think everyone kind of says when they see the name they're like oh i like that name it's like a nice word picture it's like a nice mental image you know it's the kind of like late night it's the late night kind of like things are outside. Maybe you're not old enough to drink. So you're just kind of like pondering. It's very serene. It's very kind of calm. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's being up way past your bedtime and just kind of thinking. And I kind of like that. Yeah. It's a good mental image more than anything else. It's just, yeah. you know, I, I certainly enjoy it. I mean, it, it, it's a good aesthetic more than anything else. And speaking of aesthetics, yeah, like, exactly. You know, speaking of aesthetics, like we kind of obviously touched on when it comes to some of the music that you did produce. Let's just go all in when it comes to the music you have produced or whatnot. Um, 
I I, 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 t- I took the time to obviously sit down and listen to your stuff because I wanted to make sure I had a good full body experience of what you at least had out on Spotify mm-hmm. at the very least. And I cannot get enough of what you're doing. Like seriously, like I. Oh, thank you. I, what is more or less like the vibe that you try to go for whenever you are trying to produce a music, uh, produce a song? So I'm kind of in a weird situation when I when you ask me that question, just because I'm taking a lot of music commissions. So. There's a bit of beholdenness to what the music, what the commissioner is looking for. You know what I mean? Like, I will, obviously, I'm going to take my own spin on things, and I'm going to do things that I feel are right to me. But at the end of the day, I'm writing something with the goal of, you know, appeasing the aesthetic choices that the individual is looking for, which is, I think, really fun. I think really cool. Actually, I prefer it a lot right now because it kind of takes me out of my own headspace about being like is this good you know is this what i want to do versus is this matching up with what they're expecting right right I, um go ahead no I was, you go ahead first i'm, I'm letting you, you you ramble go go okay. go <laughs> i'm running the show i'm running the show it's my show now hi Absolutely. welcome to the postmodern art <laughs> um but when it comes to like stuff i want to make i think it's kind of well so the sushi bar one was definitely leaning very heavily into the influences i was listening to at the time um i make the joke that like if you know what i was listening to you can hear what i'm trying to rip off on every song um because <laughs> let's be real um the first comparison i always get is sean wasabi for a lot of that stuff and i don't disagree sean's a very talented artist um i was listening to a lot of a chill wave at the time so there's a lot of like giraffage influence there there's a lot of slow magic a lot of um I don't know if this ever comes through, but like LCD sound system, kind of more like centric beats. Ooh, okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if that ever came through, but that was stuff that was I was listening to while writing some of those things. When writing the Sushi Bar EP was definitely like, okay, these are things I really like. How can I rip off this artist but make it my own? How can I rip off this artist but make it my own? <laughs> <laughs> Which I know sounds bad, but I feel like it's a very valid approach because, um, I mean, nothing comes from a vacuum and nothing comes just off the top of your dome. It's from something else. Very rarely is something so unique that you're the first to come from it. It comes from a long line of people doing something similar. Right, right. I mean, obviously, like, you can say this with just about any sort of art form or whatnot, but it's hard to really come up with something if there's not some sort of influence behind it, you know? Agreed, exactly, you know? It's hard, it's hard, it's so hard to be the first Mm -hmm. for the full sake of that there's so much stuff that's that's being done currently as well as everything has, you know, an origin in the sense of like, you know, if you're writing a song in 4-4, well, someone wrote a song in 4-4 before you did. Yep, yep. So unless you're going to, I mean, you can say, you know, I'm doing this in 12-12. Well, isn't that just technically 4-4, just, you know, in different yeah. levels of such and such? It's or just how you feel it. Yeah, exactly. Which if someone could do mm-hmm. it in 12-12, I would be very impressed just thinking of like all the different beats that they have to go through. Yeah, I would love to see someone write an actual song in 7-11 if you heard of that meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good meme. Like the, you, you play a Seven Eleven polyrhythm on Seven Eleven, and it's 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 mindfuckery. <laughs> Duper would absolutely love it. Let's be honest. Oh uh, yeah, Duper would be insane. But I, I don't know. That's still a hard one to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But okay, and that's a fair good info, especially when it comes to like that first album, Sushi Bar, or whatnot. And like, I can only imagine, especially with you were talking about like having the commissions or whatnot. You know, we kind of hinted at it, but like, especially that you're taking. The, uh, commissions to help out especially like vtubers or whatnot yeah. with some of the things that they're trying to go for like how unique of an experience must it be for you whenever you have to consider like not only what the vtuber is going for but the aesthetic that they try to strive for on top of the aesthetic that you try to go for with your own music 
it's a it's a really cool challenge, honestly. And I'm very lucky to be working with a very a lot of very cool people. Um, I still have a queue going on right now. So if you're listening to this and be like, "Where's my song?" I'm, it's there. I haven't forgotten about it. I'm just <laughs> I just have like 20 things to do at all times, and it takes like. Every song, I think, I think I have timed it once, and like the fastest I ever wrote a song was like five hours. Oh wow! Like from start to finish, but the long, but the, the longest I think was like thirty. So it's variable, and it's hard to gauge how fast I can get through music or get through a cue based on. It's also depending on, of course, what they're looking for too. Some genres are quicker to write than others. Right, right. Like future bass takes a while, just because there's a lot of intricacies. There's a lot of like um little interjections that kind of happen you know a lot of little silly sounds that appear a lot of breaks a lot of riffs that kind of just appear once and are gone forever in the song mm-hmm. versus something a little more um like webcore or more like um vapor wavy where you know um i, I think the the artist i had mentioned were like blink banshee and um calm trues and stuff where it's a little more formulaic and things don't evolve as much over time you have a little more clear like it's more of like just a vibe all the way through. Right, right. And so once you get a beat, it's more of just about extending it until you have the, the length that you want and maybe like taking it one or two places. So that's all variable. But it's really fun to be it's been really fun to do it because basically everyone who's asked me to write a song for them or anything for them, this is their first time asking this kind of request. Right. Yeah. Like because and 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 that and that's fair, especially in the VTuber scene, it's the foundation is art. The foundation is physical d- lines on a screen. That's what, that's the name of the game. That's the bread and butter. Without that, the scene doesn't exist. And that's totally fair. So this is kind of a different angle. This is kind of something new that not everyone thinks about or even cares about, which is fine by me. Not everyone wants an original song. Um, but because of that, it's kind of interesting being able to guide people through the process. Mm-hmm. And also, like, walk people through how I operate and how, I, how from what I've seen, this just general process of commissioning a song operates. And it's kind of cool getting to, like, go through that with them together. I mean, you know, that's fair. That's valid. I, I have to know, what exactly made you decide that you wanted to take commissions other than obviously, you know, hey, you, you got to pay bills one way or another. But <laughs> what, I assure you it doesn't pay my bills, but... Um, okay, help pays the bills. But what exactly okay. made you decide, you know, hey, you know, if VTubers may want music or whatnot, let me be able to help them create that, vi- that I guess, audio experience. What inspired you to start yeah. on that? Um, I think I spoke to about this a little bit to start, but um, I really wanted to get back into writing music because I had taken a, since that um, Sushi Bar EP in 2018, I had not written anything that I wanted to release. Like it was a lot of just scratches and kind of, I was in that place where I think everyone gets to in regards to their own trajectory with creative, with creating. Mm -hmm. I was in that place where just, I was not happy with anything I was making. And I was just kind of in a creative rut being like, I don't know what I want to do or where I want to take this. And I was just struggling to put something out that was, that was appealing to me. Okay. Um, So I took a long break from it. But realizing, and this was kind of the spark for me, was realizing, you know, people want to play music on their streams. People want stuff. But the DM, that was maybe like, you know, eight, ten months ago when the DMCA strikes were really, really bad. I was like, oh, you know, this might be a good chance for, I write stuff. Maybe I can help out in a way. And so my original thought was, let me make a bunch of almost like a... um vibe playlist of just original music original beats that people can use for free um but i was not having fun with that making a lot of like samey beats for you know making like 
because you to, in order to have a playlist like that you need about like 20 30 songs right and trying to make 20 30 songs of almost like just chill hip-hop beats Nice. was the easiest very, thing to do <laughs> it's not even the easiest thing to do but it was getting repetitive and i wasn't really having a lot of fun with it so i was like you know let me let me like push my music stuff a little harder let me ask like a couple friends if they want stuff want music and I had a couple who actually approached me before I even started taking commissions, like, hey, would you make something for me? And so I was kind of, and so I had a little bit of a built of that. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go full in on this. Let me just, let me like make a little price chart. Let me get all the stuff set up. Let me actually just take real commissions and just try to help people who maybe want a song or two that don't necessarily want to deal with DMCA or want something a little more unique for their own branding. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a little bit of side money. I can afford a couple other tools now. I bought a couple soft synths and a couple other things just with some of the money I made off it, which is awesome. I think it, it helps me stay vested in what I'm doing in the sense of, oh, I, you know, like I was able to make this really cool song for someone with this angle. If I were to do it again, I could try this instrument. I could try this piece of software. And it keeps me, it keeps, it's keeping me reengaged with like what's happening currently in the electronic scene with like all these new tools that have come out since I've dropped. I was able to purchase Ableton. I actually purchased it. Um, let me, <laughs> unlike the other one, um, that, that you totally received. That you totally received totally, for free. Totally. You know, I, my, my my uncle works at my uncle works at Image Line and yeah. got me a copy of Apple Studio for free. <laughs> um, but you know, so I'm able to like I'm able to stay interested and also have some money to keep myself current with what is going on in the scene because unfortunately unlike the artist scene where you just buy clip studio paint or you just buy um an ipad and you're good for several years things change pretty quickly in the music scene there's some mainstays there's some soft synths that people have been using for years and years Mm -hmm. but there's always a lot of new stuff coming up and sometimes that's where you get your ideas or at least inspiration and you hear what other people are doing with those tools and you're like you know i like that and i want to try that as well there you go there you go um, <laughs> is there a particular song that you have produced at least at this point, whether it be with, you know, for a VTuber or just for your own sake that you would consider either your favorite or at the very least your proudest considering the work and effort you put into it? Oh man, <laughs> I feel like everything new I do is my favorite thing. And I think that's a good way to approach stuff. That's valid. I have some songs that aren't out yet because we're still working on releasing or working on cover art or whatnot. And I really, really enjoy them. I got to work with one of my good friends on it too. And so him and I had a great time like producing it. And so I would say the unreleased stuff is my favorite, but if I had to pick something, if I had to pick something that's like out now, that's probably my favorite. Um, I would pick Malware Ma because I got to work with my friend Kaya on that, and that one's just so different from the discography of everything I've done. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I noticed that whenever I listened to it, but I, I loved kind of the the intricacies that you had going into that kind of the yeah. the unique flair that you put into it. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting song because I also got to do a lot of different things that I don't normally do. I got to add some like noise breaks in there. Um, I got to experiment experiment with some palettes that I don't normally do. I got experience with like a lot of vocal chopping. Um, I got to the song 
is actually way less complicated than it sounds, but that's kind of the beauty of it in my eyes. It's like, oh, this is actually a pretty simple song, but it sounds in complex and it sounds interesting. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I was able to pull that off. There you go. I mean, I can certainly agree with that. I know for me personally, when I was listening through your stuff, the one song that like stuck with me and like I listened to it, I instantly put it on my Mellow Vibes playlist that I have personally. It was from your Chili, your Chili Day EP. I believe it was called like Good Morning, the first song off of there. Oh yeah, that one's a fun one. The do 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 do. That one's fun. Um, that's personally not my favorite off of that EP. I really okay. like Night. Night's but, a good one. That's a per- yeah. Um, but that's that's like the beauty is that everyone has a different view on things. Um, also because that was also because the morning one was the one I struggled the most with when really? working with them. So it's okay. a hard, it's 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 weird saying like oh this one was easy this one was hard because it usually defies expectations of like which ones people think were easy and hard Mm -hmm. that one was hard just because i wanted to i approached that one with the riff and i knew i wanted to do it mostly quote-unquote organic instruments not as lot not a lot of uh synthesizer stuff Mm -hmm. and so because of that you know it leans heavily on the melodic part of it and that was something I was like trying to get penned down and get correct, but I, I love them all. I, I, you know, picking a favorite song is like picking a favorite kid. It's like, I love them all except for you, but <laughs> no. one or two out there, it's, but it just reminds me of a joke. I think it was sound like David Letterman back in the day. I think he had like his mom for one of the top tens. It's like, you know, I don't have a favorite son, but I do have a least favorite. Um... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all cool. And they all have like a little bit of story behind them in terms of like how they came about. And right. I think that's, and I think that's fun to kind of like internalize or even like come to terms with because i'll be honest like the 2018 ep i hated for several years up until Mm. recently okay i was just not happy with it like well first off because it performed poorly because i didn't know how to market myself but also um you know just the idea of like oh this sounds stupid i don't like how this came out i don't like these things and having to have like more of a reckoning period with it being like you know my least favorite song became my most favorite song after a couple years on it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if nothing else, I imagine, like, you know, it's time and perspective more than anything else, probably thinking back on it, taking the time to listen to it and considering what you put into that EP or whatnot, I imagine that probably changed your perspective more than anything else. Agreed. It also changed my perspective hearing what people liked and disliked about them, like hearing what people's, which ones people enjoyed and which ones people didn't really vibe with as much, too. It's like... That's an interesting way of looking at things and sometimes and that's and getting out of my own head is probably like the biggest challenge slash like the best thing I can do for myself. Yeah, you know what? That I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Sometimes I'm like that with some of the episodes of the podcast. You know, there there's interviews where like I I look at how I ask the questions or whatnot. And I felt like I struggled twenty million different ways, but also like it's not just about how I performed. It's about like what the guest was talking about, the stories that they told, and that's why I love the podcast more than anything else. I enjoy yeah. the stories that people tell, like and, right. and you know, hearing other people talk about like some of their favorite moments or some of the stuff that they enjoyed what comes of certain episodes some of the people they want to see or whatnot like that <laughs> i i get where you're coming from which is kind of being in your own head and like thinking like mm-hmm. i could have done this i could have done that why didn't i do this why why does this sound like that i meant for it to sound like i get it <laughs> right everything's a learning experience and in order to have a learning experience that means you have to have stuff that doesn't go right every now and then or at least doesn't go how you plan in order to act because if you if everything went the same way every time you wouldn't learn shit i'd be so <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, if nothing else, uh, you know, what would this art experience be without a little scuff, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, that's why I don't, and that's why I don't prescribe to the notion of like, oh, don't look at my scuff. Don't look at this. I'm like, well, no. you have to have scuff. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen. And your best option is to just roll with it and not get too uppity about it. If nothing else, like having the scuff like out there in person or whatnot, like especially it taking years or whatnot away from it and continuing to grow or whatnot, you can look back at that stuff and just easily just laugh about it. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did it like that. I can't believe I, you know, recorded such and such like that, you know, like just laughing mm-hmm. about that stuff. Yeah. And even then sometimes the scuff leads to opportunities that you never had, or even just like, ways of approaching stuff that you wouldn't have thought about prior if that didn't happen before or even just sometimes it's just good practice for how you handle situations like i've had you know i think we've all had situations where things break or things do not go as you want and it's all about how you carry yourself through that that i think really shows where you are currently with your given skill set trust me i've had a couple episodes of podcasts where i I, is a great learning experience more than anything else the pilot episode alone was a great learning experience oh god (laughs) yeah like i've watched i've watched my my debut video a couple times at this point and it's like i'm very glad it happened but i'm very glad i'm no longer there anymore i feel like i've at least grown in some ways maybe retracted in other ways but at the very least i've made progress in in a direction and i think that's valuable there you go there you go i I want to ask a very fun question more than anything else. Now, obviously, like you're taking commissions, you're doing a lot of stuff when it comes to VTubers or whatnot. What would be a dream like VTuber you'd love to work with to create an aesthetic for? And what kind of music would you like to provi- prov- provide for them? Like what what would be like the, the musical stylings that you would love to do for said VTuber? Uh, so this is kind of a hard one because I've worked with, I'm, I have or I'm about to work with some really cool individuals and I don't want to spoil too much. So there's Fair. some people out there I'm like, this is really cool that I'm getting this opportunity to. Um, not to sound too corporate, but I would love to work with a corporate VTuber on something. Okay. I think that would be an interest, a very, a very interesting experience at the very least. You know, just to see how that world kind of works under the hood. You know what? Yeah, just uh, figuring out how. <laughs> po- uh, kind of opening up their their the mind of the corporate machine and trying to figure out how the cogs are working in there, you know? Right, because like I think we all kind of joke and we're like, oh, they're corporate and all that other stuff, but really, we none of us know how it works unless you have unless you know someone personally or you're in that situation. And so, and I'm I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people, so I'd be interested just to see, you know, getting to talk to an individual who's had this experience would be very interesting. Whether that's like. So whether that's like Iron Mouse or someone not on that, you know, or someone smaller. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, that would, I would love to see that opportunity for you more than anything else. Just get an opportunity to see, oh, thank like, you. like, just to see, like, obviously like they have a certain way that they have to go about taking care of themselves. So seeing what you kind of can inject to, to exactly keep up with the corporate mentality, but also like have a little fun with, you know, a right. like that. Exactly. Cause, and, and this isn't to knock anyone, but you know, everyone I've worked with is independent. And so because of that, I, I have a little more control on how I want to take things. In terms of musicality, you know, like the, it, the only two people in the conversation were me and the commissioner. And that's really cool. But it'd be interesting to see that from another perspective, like me, the commissioner, and then like the project that this is probably for, because obviously they build stuff for certain reasons. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of independent VTubers, I mean, obviously, like you're helping out a lot of VTubers like that, but it also kind of helps that you're a VTuber as well. Yeah. Um, I, what exactly interested you in the field of just streaming and VTubing in the first place? 
Um, is it cliche to say Germa? I think Germa is a big influence on <laughs> just I, I streaming would, as a whole. I wouldn't say cliche because trust me, there's a whole uh, like Germa is obviously one of the bigger names, but there's a whole bunch of people you could have said. So I mean, Germa. I mean, That's obviously, true. I mean, especially seeing how he carries himself more than anything else. Like, yeah, I can get mm-hmm. why Germa is is a good influence. Yeah, I love. I I'm a I'm a unabashed big fan of Germa. I just think I love the way he interjects comedy. I lo- love how improv heavy he really is i yes. think he's like i i genuinely think like because there's some people who are good streamers i think germa's genuinely just a good comedian and i think that's kind of how i've wanted to kind of handle things as well just being like oh i'm not just playing games i'm making jokes i'm making revelations he's effectively doing a four-hour stand-up se- stand-up sequence every time yeah. he streams yeah you know that's a and, good mentality to, to think about it <laughs> and so but but like also um the, i actually did try streaming like 2020 pandemic okay. i think everyone i think that's kind of the turning point for a lot of people being like i'm bored i'm at home i want to do something i want to play video games and not feel bad about myself started watching a lot of streamers <laughs> and it's like you know what, what fuck it let me try streaming so i actually i did face cam streaming for a little while okay and then i realized i don't like setting myself up for the camera every time i also don't like showing my face all the time but i also understand that i want to bring some physicality to this that i can't do if i'm just talking right you know and so that, and at that point is when I started discovering more VTubers. I always kind of, you again, with the big names, you always kind of know about them a little bit off the top of your head. Like, you know about Kazuna AI and you kind of hear about um, Nianners and all that stuff. And so started digging a little deeper into that scene, found a bunch of really cool individuals. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. They're very furry. I'm not <laughs> sure I like this. <laughs> and that's not a dig that's just a personal preference you know and i'm like okay but and so i'm like is there like a middle ground anywhere and then of course you know like the tune tuber scene kind of pops up you have um you know all those other big like wrecking crew you have um all those other kind of groups and whatnot that are there that are like kind of skirting the line between they're not anime they're not furry they're in the middle and i'm like okay this is kind of cool this is where i would want to be if i were to do it right thought about it for a while and the other thing was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to find someone who kind of matches what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found like, I think, I think Dottie Dog was the one who kind of was like, oh shit, I really like the way her model styled. I like this energy. Let me find who did her model and get one for me. And that's, and then the rest is history. Well, there you go. It was kind of like a lot of stumbling into things basically <laughs> out of, out of boredom or just vague interest, which I think is how a lot of things start anyway. So I was going to say, I'm pretty sure what you just said right there is kind of the creative mentality more than anything else. I just kind of stumbled onto it and I just see where it kind of led me to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's about, it's about not having too much of expectation in the good way in the like, you know, let's just see what happens. Yeah, it's like, this could be fun. Let's just, let's just roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, yeah. I, I, yeah. You go. <laughs> oh no, no, no. But you know, and I think it's fun. And I, but I, at the same time, I also take it, I, t- I try to take it seriously enough that, you know, I, what I want to put out is something I would want to be proud of, like, several years down the line. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I also want to have fun with it and realize, you know, this is more of a hobby than anything. This is the upper ceiling for where this is go- where this could go is very limited. Mm-hmm. And for that, I think I actually really like that about this. Like, there's not a – obviously, you're going to have people who are going to try to climb their way to the top, but the, there's not a big top. Right. It's more for me personally, it's like this is a hobby. This is like people can get a little more passive income off of this and some people can make this careers and that's awesome for them, but that's not the norm. The norm is just everyone kind of having fun 
and doing like making dumb little projects and entertaining each other. And I think, I think that's really valuable, especially having seen how like other scenes can kind of handle things like the music scene. Oof. The music scene can be rough because the ceiling is so high. Yo. You know what I mean? Freaking Little Nas X, Old Town Road. Yeah. He bought that beat off of Beatport. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. He bought that beat off of Beatport just from some random dude. And now, and that was like the biggest song of the year. That dude made a lot of fucking money besides Little Nas, besides Montero. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like just because of that, Beatport and those other sites for like musicians are so competitive and so they can be really mean. Because people see where this can lead you. And of course, I understand some people want that. And so people are driving for that. But because you, because of just the nature of some people seeing it as only so many people can make it big, people use other people to kind of climb. I mean, and that's going to be everywhere you go. I've seen that even in the VTuber scene as well. Right. But just for the sole fact that at the end of the day, what we're all kind of trying to accomplish here is just trying to make everyone have a good time. Yeah. Or at least and, and slash entertain ourselves and kind of find a hobby where we can build different skills. I think that's very valuable and very refreshing from having come from those other scenes where it's not. Absolutely. I mean, it, it I've always I've always had a good affinity when it comes to kind of the VTuber scene or whatnot. And like I get mm-hmm. where you, I totally see what you're talking about as well as some people, you know, using it as just an op- using other people to climb, but also like I don't know if it's just because I'm still relatively new when it comes to, like, watching VTubers and, like, being part of communities or whatnot, but it just seems like a good, like, wholesome community, at least on the independent scene more than anything else, of helping other people just trying to grow in one way or another, despite the fact that it is still a competition at the end of the day. Like, we're all trying to compete for other people's times, so. Right, yeah, and and I try not to view it that way because, again, it's, it's a niche within a niche. Watching streamers is already a niche. Yep. It's a bigger niche now, but watching streamers is already niche. Watching anime streamers is a niche within that niche. Mm-hmm. Watching furry anime streamers is a niche within the niche within that niche. So we're operating on we're operating several niche layers deep at this point. <laughs> There's gonna be crossover. You're gonna have people who watch like the same. You're gonna see people in chat who just hang out in the same several VTuber streams because, of course, you know they're in the scene as well. They are they are contributing by watching, which is very valuable as well. But because of that it's a very small net you're casting. And so you have to be ready for the fact that, yeah, there's going to be crossover and yeah, there's going to be favorites. But at the end of the day, everyone's kind of in the scene, even the people who are just watching to kind of appreciate everyone else. And I think that is a more healthier way to view it than, oh, you know, I need to keep these people from watching my other friends who are streaming at the same time, or I need to plan my schedule around the fact that this person goes live at the same time as well. And I'm going to lose a dip in audience viewers. And that's, like, maybe that's true, but that's such a sad way to see it, you It know? is. It is. At the end of the day, I mean, you can probably attest to this as well with the way you carry your streams or whatnot. You're just trying to have fun at the end of the day. Like, that's the long right. and short of it. And that's what people fucking see, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's – it's and not not in a negative way. It's yeah. very obvious how you care, how someone carries themselves. You know, you can tell if someone's trying to climb or if someone's just trying to have fun. Right. Right, absolutely. Just, yeah. just by just like, just how they carry themselves on social media, how they carry themselves on their streams, and like, don't get me wrong, I want to grow too because I feel like that's part of the fun is just seeing progress. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not gonna kick anyone's ladder down, and I'm not gonna knock, you know, break hornets' nests in front of somebody and like toss it at them. I'm not gonna pull some bullshit just to gain what is ultimately not significant. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it at the end of the day, like you said, you know, we established it a million times over, like how you carry yourself or whatnot. You, you at the end of the day, you're trying to have fun. And I mean, right. I, whenever I am able to watch some of your streams and whatnot, I sense a lot of fun with the way you carry yourself. Oh, As, thank you. Especially with some of the, obviously the way you present yourself as well with obviously the, the little dog chip more than anything else. I, I have yeah. to ask what inspired the model or at least the way you wanted to present yourself like that when it comes to the, the um, model. I knew I didn't want to do anime. Full okay. stop. Full stop. I didn't want to go anime. I like the fact that, um, and I, I think I'll point back to Die Dog as well, where she kind of skirts the line of like, it's cute, it's furry, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not traditional furry. It's like kind of in the middle where it's more cartoony. And so I'm like, you know, I want to do that too. I think that's fun. I think that'd be interesting. Um, I've actually not had a persona up until this moment. So that was oh, kind wow. of fun being like, okay, what would I want to be? Where would I want to go? And I just kind of, you know, started not soul searching, but just being like, what do I like? Like, you know, asking myself more pointed questions. Like when you're trying to come up with like a script or a song lyric or anything like that, you know, you, you have to write certain things down before you can kind of pen where your direction is. Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of doing that for myself, being like, okay, I like, I like Snoopy. I love Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> I love cartoon dogs. And I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment. And so it's like, you know, I kind of want to take that approach and I want to go there. And so I had, and so being able to like kind of discover that, ask around some friends who are artists, ask around some other modelers who are willing to work with someone who doesn't have anything hard set in stone was super fun. And picking the dog was just like, that just felt right. I feel like one, again, I love dogs. And two, I feel like that's just the energy I have. So it kind of matches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think being the abominable snowman would have been a great character character fit if that makes sense no absolutely i was gonna say i mean depending on which one you get like what was that one movie that came out like what 2019 or whatnot that had chang tam as like a yeti or whatnot like i feel like if it, <laughs> are if... you thinking of uh the the zendaya's michi and lebron james's bongi thing <laughs> yes yes <laughs> like any davito is dargo <laughs> Like, if it was that kind of abominable snowman, eh, I could see the match right there. But, like, yeah. overall, no, I get it. Like, certainly with the the model that you put, that you presented yourself with or whatnot, or the model that you, the the persona that you associate yourself with, I think you did a great job when it comes to aligning interest and energy and stuff like that. Right, um, you know. And not to say I'm, and, that, and not to say I'm calculated or ever and everything's, like, picked for the numbers, but it's, at the end of the day... I'm having fun, but I'm also trying to make moves for myself that one feel right and two don't feel like I'm restricting myself. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you certainly aren't holding back as much as you can when it comes to some of these streams, just having fun with some of the games that you've uh, presented out there or whatnot. Um, I, I love like, you know, seeing some of the kingdom Hearts stuff that you've been able to do or whatnot. Yeah. I, I was noticing on your channel, uh, at least in the description, whatnot, some of the games that you beat or whatnot. And there was just one game that like, just, just, shined more than anything else that I had to ask about Winnie the Pooh's Rumbly Adventure or something along the lines. I love Winnie the Pooh, okay? <laughs> no! So for my, and, and, I've, I've, and what's kind of fun about streaming for me is I'm finding out stuff about myself as well because eventually, and this is how I've approached everything, I feel like streaming is closer to improv comedy than it is to gameplay videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because not only because and I feel because, you know, gameplay videos on YouTube, you're making jokes. People like Markiplier, Markiplier and all the other good stuff are like doing their silly stuff. They're making quips and whatnot. 
but it's more akin to a podcast. You know, they're just talking. They're talking about the game. It's harder for them to make correlations. I know podcasts don't make that face <laughs> at me on, on on the thing that's not being recorded by video. But um, I'll say, audio listeners love you to death. <laughs> yeah. Um. But with the the live element, really changes it in my mind because it's no longer just you and the camera in the game it's you and the camera in the game and individuals who are there Mm -hmm. listening to you you know there's that real-time feedback and because of that i feel like it leans more into it's more into improv comedy it leans more into stand-up comedy where people you have hecklers you have people asking you questions you have people who could drive the situation have you ever been to an improv comedy show uh i've been to a couple here and there yes i i yeah. yeah they ask you sometimes they're like Think of a topic or what do you think this should do? And they'll like get audience participation and then they run with it. And that's kind of how I view all of this as well. It's more improv than it is about the gameplay. Obviously the gameplay is like, what's the biggest thing on the screen. Mm -hmm. And that kind of drives conversations. That's what, that's the conduit. It's like, this is where I'm able to take conversations based on what I'm seeing. And it's also a fallback in terms of like, you know, maybe if people are here to watch the game and I can make commentary on it. But at the end of the day, everything is live. You know, it's a recording at the end that where people were actively sitting and watching. And so for that reason, I try to view this more improv wise. And I actually study and watch a lot of improv comedy or just stand up comedy just to kind of see how people work in that space as well. So I can, one, improve what I'm doing, but also to have more fun with it, feel less stressed, feel more like, you know, this is something i trained for <laughs> in a weird sense that's that's fair that's fair i i do want to say whenever you're talking about like basically studying comedy a little bit or whatnot have you heard of yeah. a podcast called good ones a podcast about jokes i have not actually i would highly recommend it, it it's done by the uh the editor-in-chief of vulture who the, mm-hmm. like their big their big one comes to, like entertainment and comedy or whatnot yes, yes, yes. um but like they do a great job to where they they bring on a comedian, they will take a joke that they've done and they break down like the process of them like, you know, creating that joke, like, you know, what parts mm-hmm. to emphasize what part, you know, really isn't that important or whatnot and like how that fits in like the bigger narrative when it comes to their sets or whatnot. Like it's a right. really great listen if, if if you have the time for it. Um, I just wrote that down. I'll check that out for sure. But yeah, like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with studying it. The more you study, the more you internalize and the more you internalize, the less you have to think about it, the more it just comes out. Mm -hmm. And the more, I mean, people are naturally funny, but you can still train to be better at being naturally funny. You know, you can be a better storyteller. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's what those people are doing and doing successfully. And that's something I want to be better at as well. There you go. There you go. So what? You know? you're, so the long and the short of it, what you're basically saying is the the Winnie the Pooh Rumble Adventure. That's a great improv game, huh? <laughs> it's an improv game, but also like I love Winnie the Pooh. No, absolutely. I love Winnie the Pooh, and I, I, to kind of I lost the plot a little bit there, and I took it in a direction. <laughs> but like um, I was discovering some more stuff about myself because you you you're. You're in front of people. You're in front of individuals who are asking you questions and want to know more about you. And so because of that, you kind of start on the fly soul searching, if that makes sense. You know, like you you realize things are like, oh, actually, I don't just like passively love any of the poo. I have like a vested interest. I know things about this little guy that maybe people don't aren't as keen on. And it's like, oh, shit, I actually really like Winnie the Pooh. And that's something not that I can bring into streams. It's an option to, but it's something that I've put out there and internally realized, oh, no, I do. This is awesome. 
Well, there you go. There you go. I, again, it's not that I'm not dissing you because you had Winnie no, the Pooh as one of your games. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious because, like, I'm seeing all these, you know, different games or whatnot. And it's like, oh, it's a good little collection. Winnie the Pooh. Okay, you know what? Fine. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was silly and it was fun and I had a good time. Because it was also for my one-year anniversary stream, too. And I'm like, you know, I yeah, want to do something that's kind of silly. I want to do something that's kind of slightly on-brand, a.k.a. the Winnie the Pooh stuff. And I'm like, this was fun. I got to get some friends, make some stupid little assets for me. Not <laughs> stupid because of their work, but stupid because of just the context of yeah. this is a silly little thing. Um, and it was it was fun. And I want to do another Winnie the Pooh game. I told myself if I ever hit 100 subs, I will play Winnie the Pooh's baseball, that little flash game that's evil. Oh. One stream and beat it in one stream. <laughs> There you go. I'll say either there you can, you know, eventually get to the point where you can stream that new was the the Winnie the Pooh horror film that they're coming out with or whatnot, uh, Blood and Honey or whatnot. I hate that so much. <laughs> I it's... I am I am only laughing because I, I the only thing I enjoy about it is like literally not even like what not even a week after they announced that Winnie the Pooh's in the public domain. Oh yeah, we're making this movie. Like, come on, people. That's exact they they, they had that in production. They were writing it as they they like you know, somebody mm-hmm. discovered, oh shit, Winnie the Pooh is going into the public domain on this date. Let's start writing this so that way when he does go into the public domain, we can already have a trailer out so we can be the first <laughs> to do this and just kind of let's kind of cash in real fast on this mo on this moment. It's a mo it's a it's a moment to cash grab, basically. Have you actually seen that trailer for that film or whatnot? I have. It's the uh, worst. It, it's, it, it's, you isn't it also PG thirteen? I didn't even which, see that part. I feel like if it, they're gonna go with that, they need to go all in with the rated R thing. But even then, like just yeah. look at that trailer, you could tell is just nothing short of a cash grab. That is it's all not that a passion project. No, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a it's not something made out of love for sure. Jesus, but let, let let's get away from the horror aspect. Let's get to the good vibes we were sick with when it comes scary. to your stream. <laughs> let's get to the good vibes you have with your stream and one of the and like you know. Again, the way you've been able to present yourself has been absolutely amazing, especially with the recent addition of the 3D model of you. Yeah. Which I just got to say, it is fucking stunning what you've been able to do with that one. I love it. Thank you. Shiver J is a magician, um, and all the models he's been able to make are also incredible. And I'm just very lucky that um, we're, I'm on good terms with him and that he is I've had a good time working with him on that, and that was something I was very excited to drop. Just because, again, I wanted to bring more physicality into it, and that's not that I don't love my two D model, not that I don't love tiny individual. Yeah. Shout out to Tiny for the two D model. I know they're going through a lot, but um, I I just wanted to have more motion. I wanted to be able to kind of do what I already do, but capture that without having to go face, without having to go full face cam. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, was that kind of more or less like I yeah words come back to me um was kind of having that 3d model i'm not gonna say was it always the plan but when did you realize you know a a 3d model wouldn't hurt i like when did you decide that you wanted to incorporate that when it comes to your streams it was kind of a mix um and i don't want to get too into the weeds of it because sometimes it's not my story to tell right but it's a mix of um i know tiny is kind of looking to get themselves out of the scene Mm -hmm. and i and what's it called i don't feel like i want to have other people messing with what they touched and so there was already that thing. It's like, okay, well, if they're looking to get themselves out, I should probably have something else because I don't want to bother them about this. Right. You know what I mean? And that's and, I, and again, all, only love when I say that. Only love when I say that. So it was kind of like, okay, so I I want something else so that I have options. Slash, I think 3D would be a fun move to do 
when I was starting to kind of workshop that myself, it's like, do I want to do I want to go two D and just like kind of modify, or should I go three D? And I was like, you know, let me go three D. It gives me more the most newer options to kind of play with and. It's fun. I'm having to do the hand cam. I make the sign of lacrosse every episode because it's funny to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Thinking mm-hmm. thinking back to all the streams that you've been able to do and all the fun moments you've been able to have, is there a particular stream or a particular moment that you think back on and like you can proudly present to people, whether or not they're fans of your channel, and be like, this is basically what you'll get whenever you come into a 2 a.m. stream? Oh, man, you know... And this is not to typecast myself, but I really do feel like the Kingdom Hearts streams are the best. <laughs> and it's it's multi, it's twofold. One, it's a beloved series that people have really a lot of a lot of like appreciation for, a lot of love for. I have none of that because I've never experienced them. So it's someone going blind into a game that people revere. Mm-hmm. But my goal is not to bash. My goal is to try to understand. But these games are also old and have some quirks and some things that, like, you know, someone who is not a teenager playing them is like, that's, this is weird. This is interesting. <laughs> this, and so I have, and so being able to have that perspective among people who are very vested in this while still being respectful, because obviously my goal is never to smash, my goal is never to bash, never to slander. Right, right. And it's, it's fun for me. Cause those games, I don't know how familiar you are with the series, but those games are just so wild. <laughs> those games are out there i have i have an outsider view of it i'm aware of the some of the stuff that happens within the series but i've not personally played them myself i i am aware that that i am aware that it gets to some interesting places and there are some interesting moments to say the least likewise and so it's kind of fun for me to go through this for my first time and have basic it's basically a full-on they don't know chat they don't know chat stream (laughs) (laughs) and it's been especially fun with the kingdom hearts 2 streams because i've been able to get some of my friends who are more well versed onto it and i'm trying to get more people as well who are interested who have like a fascination with the series to kind of kind of collab with me and watch me for lack of better words suffer (laughs) through the game Just be confused and lost and trying to comprehend something that is so obtuse to me right now I mean, you know what? That's fair. Uh, once again, that's that's valid. Just having that that kind of group experience, more or less, for someone that's right. experiencing something for the first time, that right. has to be unique. I I mean, I <laughs> I imagine some of your favorite moments has to be like you know just some of the the wild out there moments uh, of like you know <laughs> like freaking what was it like some of the summoning of some of the Disney characters or whatnot, like some of the abilities oh, yeah. or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I straight up cried when Winnie the Pooh showed up on screen the first time. I was very happy. Um, but it's also just it's just it's just i feel like it i've had the best comedic moments with that game not intentionally and unintentionally like i'm um, on the first game and this is probably something that a lot of people told me was one of their favorite soda moments was i was it was like super late i was like five hours into a stream and i was trying to beat kingdom hearts one there's like a long run of enemy battles you have to do before you get to the final boss mm-hmm. and i was first off five hours in tired eyed red eyed t- straining trying to just like get this going right um and so i get to the final wave of enemies i get to the final enemy i kill it the game crashes oh no oh no the game crashes and so i have to and so i'm like fuck it it only took me like 15 20 minutes to do this let me try again oh no i get through the waves i finish it game crashes again and I'm just so mad. I am just, that's probably the most 
and I'm, I'm, I'm carrying myself well. I'm la- but it, I'm just internally, I'm just like, I could murder Michael Mouse in this moment. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fuck it. Let me do it one more time. Okay. I get through it. I do the waves. I beat it. I literally make a joke being like, oh, no, no. The game didn't crash. My bad. I'm spacing. The My Elgato capture, because I'm playing on my PS4, mm-hmm. kept breaking, oh, and it no. kept killing me. Oh, no. It kept killing me during the fight, basically. I had to get to the waves. I'm so sorry. I'm messing up the story. <laughs> um, so it, it, my Elgato kept crashing on me, basically. And so literally on that last time around, I'm making a little snide remark being like, if my Elgato crashes again, I'm going to be so fucking mad. Not even 10 seconds later, my PS4 crashes on me. Oh, like, not even no. the Elgato, it's the PS4. <laughs> like, I just get blue screen being like, we have something wrong with your game. And I'm just... It was a personal attack, and I was just, I ended stream there. <laughs> like it was it was sad, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" But it was also so funny. I will concede that it was probably the funniest thing that could happen. Oh my goodness! It's it's just like after a while, I was like, "Do you know the definition of insanity?" <laughs> I, I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> goodness oh my god like as as hilarious as that sounds or whatnot i can only imagine how heartbreaking it must have been in the moment oh, yeah yeah i went I, I went back to that stream next week with a fresh head and i'm like okay we're gonna fucking kill yeah. we're gonna fucking kill and we did and i beat it but like in the moment I, I was just so full of exhaustion and anger and everything i don't think i knew how to react and i think that was <laughs> I, I think your reaction of just ending the stream was probably the mildest of uh, reactions yeah. that you could have had. <laughs> but, you know, and and I think and people really like that moment just because I and I feel this way as well. I think I just carried myself very well, rolling with the punches, understanding like, you know, this sucks and this is awful, but it's a game and it's it's comedy. This is this is genuinely pretty funny. It's happening to me. And that sucks, but overall it's funny. And yeah. so let me try to have good humor about that. And that's personally why I think it's one of my strongest moments. It's one of the times I was probably tested the most while streaming. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I imagine with just about, not just that stream, but, oh, sorry. Not just that stream, but with just about any of the streams that you've been able to do, like it must be incredible for you thinking some of the, the community you've been able to build around your stuff, about around yourself more than anything else. Like, does it amaze you more or less how far you've been able to come along when it comes to just this VTubing venture and the people that have been able to be a part of your streams? I am, and I say this basically every stream, I am so thankful that people have decided to stick around because, again, the, the disinterest of the internet is cold and unfair, and so it's not uncommon to put all this effort in and then you maybe never get more than three people watching at a time. And so just for the fact that alone that I've had been able to care, that I've been able to stay consistent with the amount of attention I'm getting is huge. You know, that's huge. That's massive. And people forget about that sometimes because some people are like, well, I'm not hitting, it's been a year and I haven't hit partner or I haven't hit a hundred people watching or I haven't hit this many K subs or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's valid and fair. But at the same time, just with the way the internet works and the way disinterest has just kind of pervaded into our lives, casually experiencing things is so the norm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it comes to creative output and wanting to put something out there, it's difficult. You're constantly, you're constantly fighting a sliding hill. Yeah. I can, it, and so, yep. yeah, you know, you're, con- you're constantly, you're constantly fighting um, the inevitability that people 
are going to move on from your work. And like, that's not anything wrong. That's not anything on you, but it is there. You know what I mean? Eventually your favorite, eventually your favorite artist becomes just one of your playlist artists. And eventually your favorite movie sometimes just becomes one of your, one of your favorite movies. And so the fact that I've been able to have people who show up and say, you know, I really enjoy watching your streams. I try to catch them when I can. And I really enjoy this output you're doing. That's huge. Yeah, That's huge. And that's something that I think, I think it's really easy just to get wrapped up in numbers and really easy just to just get wrapped up in growth. But I think sustainability and is way, way, way more um, satisfying yeah. personally. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell I, I as someone that has been trying their best to try to keep a good stable audience as well or whatnot, like mm-hmm. there are times where I get discouraged by my own numbers sometimes. Oh, this episode didn't perform the way I hoped for it to. Oh, I, I only got X math, da, da, da. But also like the fact that I have people coming back to me on a weekly basis, listening to an episode or whatnot always amazes me more than anything else. Whether yeah. it be someone that, you know, nobody has a single clue who they are, what they've done, or it's someone that everyone absolutely loves. And yeah, I might get more, you know, listeners and more views when it comes to to those artists or whatnot but that doesn't distract from the fact that i still have a good strong stable community that is more than willing to come back and listen to me ramble with a random artist on a weekly basis and i mean i imagine for you as someone that streams weekly you know a, a couple times a week or whatnot the fact that you have people like constantly coming back constantly you know uh Wanting to be there, not there out of obligation or like I'm forcing them to be because I'm like, you're, you're watching me or whatever, you know, people, and that's something I try to emphasize as well. You're here because you want to be here. And if you leave, it's because you need to go do something else or you want to be somewhere else. And that's fine. That's valid. You know, I'm, we're all the same way in that regard. And trying to, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's like trying to tie up the ocean. You know, there's only so much you can control. Right, absolutely. That is the most accurate way I have ever heard that before. Good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm full of a lot of little weird quips that I learned from watching too many YouTube videos. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Have I- you heard of the? Sorry, I just wanted to make one last point on this. Have you heard of the musician YouTuber Mary Spender? I have not. No. She's really good. She's a, she's a guitarist, and she does a lot of like guitar videos and piano videos and songwriting videos. But she also does a lot of like cool introspective ones. Okay. And she brought up a point about like how her her progression to fame and how hard she hustled and all this stuff and just some of the things she's learned, not from hustling, but just from her experience trying to make it as a musician mm-hmm. through whatever platform she can. Um, the, she got this advice, and I really like this a lot. But, you know, and this is, again, coming back to just the music world and like trying to survive as an artist. But the advice that she got, and this is something I try to hold heavily to me, is that if you can give... If you can get a thousand people to give you a hundred bucks a year, you're set. Yeah. It's not a big number. No- you don't need to hit a big number. You just like a thousand people, a hundred bucks each a year. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's to so put cool. it in that perspective, it's like, that's huge. That, that, and that's like actually building a community that's not striving for numbers of people who are kind of apathetic. That's people who are actively interacting with you. And I think that's that's one of the beauties of the internet too, in the sense of the ability for the micro celebrity and the micro community to kind of form. Because this is all micro community. This isn't mainstream right, right now yet. Give it a couple of years, we'll see about that. But like mm-hmm. right now, you're just you're just trying to get the attention of a very small. You're you're in a very small ocean with a very few amount of fish. And so if you are able to just kind of have some people 
who are there interacting with you and supporting you in some capacity, you've won already. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great way of looking at it. I imagine that's something, at least that mentality is something that you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you try to also carry that with maybe your music as well. Like, Oh, yeah. Have, I, have, I, have, I, <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the VTubing stuff has taken off way, 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 way more than the music stuff by a significant amount, and that's not... Not something I'm upset about or anything. That's just the nature of the beast. And sometimes, you know, things don't work out the way you want. But I'm glad that people are interacting with it, even if it is through the fact of commission-based and people are listening to. Like, let's be real. Um, and you can experience this as well. Depending on who you have collaborating with you determines output and determines engagement of that specific video or whatnot, too. So I have some songs oh, yeah. that have done really well because of who I worked with and have some songs that didn't do as well because of who I worked with. And that's fine you know ultimately that's just what it is and there's not much i can do to change that so i just but at the same time i have to be wary of that and so i try to hold myself to that expectation of you know it's going to perform decently well yeah. but at the end of the day i'm having fun i'm working on my output i'm cr i'm increasing my ability to then perform differently you know everything's practice there you go that, that, I mean, that's a good mentality to have at the end of the day when it comes to any of these creative ventures more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and if yeah, I, but, but let's say you, for this next question, if I may, let's say that, you know, we let's not be humble with this next question, if I may. Okay. All right. Let's go more above and beyond for this next one. I want to give you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you, Mike, look, Soda, we know you can produce some incredible stuff. Whether it be incredible content or just incredible music, one aspect from the other, you, you just need a little push, and we understand that. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than there should be possible. We should probably be making sure that VTubers <laughs> get, get, or get some sort of salary when it comes to stuff other than just, you know, we'll focus on that later. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream 2AM soda project? Oh man, the Dream 2M sort of project would genuinely be um, an actual, like, not to, an actual album. Not to say I couldn't make my own album, but like an actual, like, released, produced, distributed album with tour, okay. with a tour, with a live tour. Okay. I have always kind of wanted to do that, and I've always kind of wanted to have like, and not just and. I, I know I mentioned his name before, but Porter Robinson, I really, really love what he does with his live shows. Mm -hmm. I really think he has a really cool interpretation of what a live show is. And so I kind of want to be able to kind of do that as well, have a, have something musical, but then have a almost a whole kind of aesthetic surrounding it that, that involves live music and all the things that go with it, like the lights, the videos, the the little bits that they do. And just that would be like probably the coolest thing I could imagine I could do just because that would be the most um the most outwardly expression of self I could possibly do absolutely I was gonna say whenever you're talking about like experiences like that the first artist to come to mind no surprise here is actually Tyler have you seen some of like the live performances Tyler's shows done? are also incredible too um <laughs> And I, I've been wanting to go see him for a while because I love that he brings the piano out. I love that he gets these huge set pieces out and actually performs. Yes. I, he, he's one of the few rappers right now that I want to see live because not, not no shame in the rappers, but the common scene for a rap concert is they have a DJ behind them. 
they just play the songs. The songs even have their lyrics over them, so that way the artist can just kind of jump around, get the crowd hype and excited. And those are fun. Those are cool. Yeah. I have no qualms with those, but that's kind of where the the rap and hip-hop scene is sitting with their live shows. I love that Tyler is elevating it. I think some other artists as well, but he's the first to come to my mind. Yeah. With his huge scenes, his huge sets. I still think about the um, New Magic Wand video, um, Grammy performance? live thing he did for the Grammys where it had all those people looking like him and he falls into the pit at the end. Like yes. That was incredible. And his Call Me When You Get Lost performance as well with the house and he's like leaving and like reminiscing and pick, gets picked up in the car. Yes. I'm like, that is, that's a musical right there. He's, he is he is basically performing his own little musical. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, he did a performance at Lollapalooza 2021, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, the guy comes in on a boat to start off. Like, that, that's the- incredible. <laughs> like, the- right. And it's, it's so fun, too, because who doesn't love practical effects? It's yeah. massive. It's huge. It looks amazing. And it's very... It's very in character of him. Same with Porter Robinson. What he does on his shows are very characteristic of him. And especially with his current tour, it's very much about his love of music and it shows because he has a whole bit where he's looking literally. And that a lot of us can relate to as well. He's there's a whole thing he does for one of his songs. I forget. I think it's ABCD or something like that. The, um, where he's, on, he, has, he has a MacBook hooked up and it's hooked up to the huge projector and he's like fake scrolling through YouTube, like looking up Porter Robinson wallpapers, looking up reviews, looking up crazy things like the excitement of finding music that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. He even pulls up Anthony Fantano and he shows a light five <laughs> and the crowd laughs <laughs> for his uh, world's album. Right. But like you can tell that's like something, a familiar experience to him that he's like explaining out to an audience and that's really fucking cool. It absolutely is. So what you're basically saying is if we were to make the 2 a.m. Uh, soda album more than anything else, you get Porter Robinson for at least one of the songs either for featuring or producing Oh, it. I would love to have him on. I would love to have him as a collaborator. Um, I would also love Anamanaguchi just because I feel like I fill that niche. There you go. There you go. That'd be yeah, plus, I got their attention one time and, and I blew it. So, <laughs> Oh, I feel they that followed me on. They followed me on Instagram for one of my accounts for one of my music projects. I literally wrote an Instagram post being like, oh my God, they followed me. This is incredible. And then they liked that as well. <laughs> and then I blew it because I basically never did anything of that project ever again. Oh. <laughs> I basically was like, oh, I'm going to not let you down. Let's you down immediately. My heart, she's breaking. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but sadly, we got to get down from the dream scenario. We got to get back to reality. And I'll ask the ever so generic question. Let's go. Where do you hope to see yourself, say, five to ten years from now? I hope to still be streaming. I'll be honest. I am in here for the long game. I don't really want to stop. Right. Maybe I'll do it less consistently depending on how life goes and whatnot, too. But I don't want to stop. I don't think this will ever be – and no – and I mean this with only love and only with, like, where I want to see myself. I don't think this will ever be my full-time job. Okay. I don't see that for myself, and I also don't see that for myself from a stress level point of way. Because oh my god, it's stressful being an independent creator. It's yeah. so difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to anyone who is making it work with whatever means you have available. But it's so it's so much effort. It's so stressful. Y'all work more than forty hours a week and pretend like you don't. And <laughs> it's <laughs> I need that time for myself. I need that time to become to become a person that people want to talk to. So. Kudos for that. I have had this conversation with myself for a while, but honestly, if, and again, only with love, 
I would love to see my focus shift more towards the music again and less okay. towards the streaming. Okay. Okay. Not for any, not because I don't love both, but because that's always, you know, it's the, that's always kind of where my heart's been. Right. I mean, it was the thing that, you know, we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, like you grew up kind of finding that love when it comes to, you know, like right. playing piano or whatnot, like discovering the music that your parents were like listening to and like with YouTube, like really just going all in and really absorbing as much as possible. Right. Like the, that love for music has always been there. Exactly. And I feel like that's the same thing for people who want like industry jobs. Bless you if you wanted a cartoon industry job right now. Mm. So fucked. But anyways, like, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of people who are really striving for that, if they get that opportunity, I feel I feel like it'd be a similar situation. It's like this is this is fun, but the dream is here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask. Obviously, Absolutely. obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art in one aspect for another. Music, like I said, going back to you know whenever you were six years old, seven years old, learning piano, whether or not you should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, how important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Massively, extremely, absolutely. So, art is only made when you have necessities fulfilled, mm-hmm. and so I think. Art is a like on a historical perspective. Art is what is a sign of a of a strong society. It's a strong sign of a strong community. The fact that people are able to create and this uh, just display how they're feeling for other people to to relate to, and ultimately, you know, that's kind of why we make anything. It's to share. You don't you have some stuff that's personal, but ultimately, the idea is this is an experience that I'm feeling, and whether that is I just want to party and make like a party dance track or anything of that sort, you know, it's, I want to put this out. And so, yeah, I, I think art, I think art is massively important as a, as a conduit for just community building, but also just as a sense of self, like even with this really silly, I'm a dog on the internet stuff. I've (laughs) kind of, I have gained a lot, much more better sense of self and like who I like, what I like, who I am. And that's really cool. That's really cool that I'm able to do that, but also in a way that people can kind of come along with the ride for me. You know, I'm discovering things I like, I'm discovering things I don't like, and maybe some people are doing that as well. People have told me, I hate your music, but I like you. And I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't say that out loud, but that's cool. (laughs) At least they're honest for anything else. (laughs) I I appreciate they tell me that, like, where they stand. And, of course, not everything's going to be for everyone, but, you know, it's... Like, what are you doing if you're not trying to better yourself? Amen. And I think art's a huge way to do that. There you go. There you go. That is wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Um, Thank you. So I feel like I'm getting way too philosophical. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a philosophy major. I just think. I just have a lot of thoughts. I want to say them. You're, you're human at the end of the day. Well, I guess you're a dog, so I can't really. That, that, argument, <laughs> that argument went right out the window. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I want to show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever I oh, want. Um, <laughs> look, uh, Soda, I, ever since I first been introduced to you as a VTuber and the stuff you've been able to push out there and whatnot, I have always had a, a good affinity for you. I think you've been doing incredible stuff just when it comes to your streams alone, like the, the, the energy that you bring, the 
the vibe that you bring more than anything else. Like I absolutely enjoyed it. Really get to dive into yourself, listening to your music or whatnot. Like I, I, that vibe continues through, like with whatever you produce, like I enjoy kind of the, I enjoy what you've been able to put out there in one aspect or another, whether it be the VTubing, whether it be the music or some other mm. third thing. I absolutely enjoy like what you're able to present out there. I appreciate the kind of mentality and the energy that you have on full blast for everyone to see. Um, I, it, it makes me excited to see what else you're going to be able to produce, what else you're going to be able to present, because I know that whatever you're going to be putting out there, it's going to be incredible one way or another. I, oh. it, it, I absolutely love what you've been able to do. And I, once again, I'm excited to see what's next for you. So whatever it may be, I'm be right here rooting for you. So long, I, I appreciate that. Long, I appreciate that so, so much. Long and short of it, thank you for what you do. That, that, that's all. Yeah, thank you. And that, that, that generally means a lot to me. If I may be a little too real on Maine, it's hard being in the scene and not being a, a media artist. It's hard being in the scene and not drawing or in that capacity. Yes. And not that you can't do it, but it's harder because let's be real, like this scene is so focused on music and so not music. So I wish it was so focused (laughs) on art and it's so, so, so refreshing and so reassuring that even though I'm kind of in my own lane in that regard, you know, my output is just silly jokes on the internet and like maybe a song a month if I'm lucky, which is, not the norm for first off the furry scene. It's not the norm for the, the anime scene. It's not the norm for a lot of these scenes. You know, they're very art focused, and that's cool. I think that's awesome. Right. But it does kind of make me feel a little bit outside the circle. And so it's very. It generally means a lot to me when people say they like what I do because that's hard. That's a hard feeling to feel sometimes when you see other people, you know, making really cool art pieces, and that's kind of where it is doing art trades, doing all the stuff. And I'm just like, hi, I'm playing Fortnite. Do you guys want to watch? <laughs> Look, Soda, I'm a podcast host for a art podcast. Yet, I, exactly, I, I, and yet, I, I, there are some aspects of art that I think I would at least have fun with. I am not remotely good with it, but at the same time, like right. it's not about at least for me, it's not about being good or whatnot. I'm just having fun with it in one aspect for another. I mean, I. Personally, I consider some aspects of the podcast thing like art in itself, like you know, editing because yeah. I want to be able to tell like a certain narrative or whatnot. And storytelling is a great art form on its own. But at the same time, like again, I'm bringing on artists that are doing like incredible art pieces or doing like outstanding animation or creating incredible music, and I'm just here like, hi, your your art's lovely. Uh- yeah, I feel that too. I see like my friends who do like really cool modeling or really cool two D, this graphic designer art, and I'm like, hey, I made this little song. Do you want to see it? <laughs> But that, Are you interested? But that is art that you're producing at the end of the day. It is. <laughs> it is. It's just. It's just not as communal, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, for for where I am currently, which is I I know this and I'm aware of this, but it's definitely hit harder some days than others. But I'm just, and that's and that's why I'm always saying I'm lucky. I'm very thankful and I'm very lucky. Well, again, if I may reiterate this again, I think the art that you are producing is absolutely incredible, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. So, not downplaying. I'm just trying to trying to speak my mind. I guess <laughs> yes. here. Well, thank you, thank you. If I may say, keep up the awesome work. Seriously, appreciate it. I, I definitely will for sure. That's not that's this train got no brakes, baby. We're going full steam ahead. Good. Then if you want other people to hop on this absolutely crazy train more than anything else, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. Oh my God! Hi, I'm Two M Sunday Monster, little dog champ here, having good times and goodbye. <laughs> just saying my bit for my stream at this point. Um, but yeah, uh. Check me out on Spotify, 2AM Soda. Check me out on Twitch.tv. Um, 
2amsoda or dogchamp.live. Yes, I bought the handle. Mm-hmm. Make a lot of silly little memes, a lot of fun little one-off jokes. I just I I ramble like I do here. It's if you enjoyed this, this is kind of the energy I have there as well. If maybe a bunch more sillier jokes and maybe like <laughs> a dumb little movement I make with my arms. That's you know. <laughs> you know what? That's wonderful. And I mean, if you missed any links, I'll be sure to put them in the description below. I got yeah, you covered. Yeah. Um, track. I'm, stream, I'm still streaming, still putting out music. If even if it's not coming out currently, it's 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 cooking. Yeah. We're in the we're in the we're in the kitchen. It's brewing more than anything else. Um, yeah. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um. Thank you for having me on. This has been very refreshing to have a conversation like this in the open. Because mm-hmm. I'm. I mean. Not that I don't talk about this in the open on my streams or not, but it's nice to have a con a, a platform to kind of be able to have this kind of back and forth in a way that's very natural. I think you do a very good job of being a host, oh. of being able to let me say dumb bullshit and then ring me back with a nice little segue. But uh, it's yeah, I'm very I'm very thankful you asked me, and I'm very lucky that you asked me that I've been able to have this opportunity to even be scouted and even be found, like. Yeah, not to not to keep beating the same dead horse I say every time, but you know there's so much out there, and the fact that we were able to have this conversation wherever we are is huge. And now I sound like a fucking monk in like the top of a temple doing <laughs> sage advice. <laughs> if nothing else, like one, I greatly enjoyed this conversation. You certainly brought the energy that I was certainly hoping for more than anything else. Hell yeah. Um, and hey, if you enjoyed this conversation, if you ever do get around to making that, you know, full length two a.m soda album or whatnot you have an open invitation come back we'll talk about the music that you produce i'd love to have you back oh yeah I, I would i would love to be back as well definitely for sure keeping your number keeping your contact information keeping your address i'll be sure to keep you for episode 202 if that's the case um let's go <laughs> 100 episodes later baby what's new <laughs> what's new well i have an album out now um i oh. i have i oh, I, I, I have i have gone past germa when it comes to subscribers or whatnot yeah. which is really <laughs> have you heard of the grammys yeah i have like 20 bajillion million zillion <laughs> They don't give that many, even to dogs, but they just said, uh, you know what, let's go. As well as they're trying to give me 20 bajillion, but you know what, you know, because of my name, I'm only accepting two Grammys. Um, exactly. <laughs> 2 a.m. Grammy, baby, let's go. Let's go, 2 a.m. Grammy moment. 2 a.m. Grammy arc. There you go, See me at the Grabbies in my little 3D. See me like how they did TwitchCon, where it's just a giant screen, and I'm just standing there, and they have to like lug me around on wheels or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that. You have to have a ramp to get me up the stairs as I like slowly move my little cart up to the front and have to position myself so I'm facing the I'm facing the audience. <laughs> uh, you know what? We have to get in touch with the people at the Grammys just so we can make that happen. I will submit all your singles just to see if we can oh. get one of them for nominations. <laughs> uh, but until that next opportunity comes around, all I have left to say is for the people at home. Hasta luego, amigos. Bye. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me it's part of some notion. Give me a song. Tell me your eyes can't all open. Show me it all. Give me up in the car. You don't work. You used to call. Show me it all.
Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I sincerely do appreciate you sticking around. Uh, if you're a returning listener, once again, thank you as well. Uh, this was honestly just like a really fun interview. The fact that we started off just getting really deep in the conversation about music before we were quote unquote starting the actual podcast interview or whatnot that I, I just, I, I this just wonderful. <laughs> Uh, so if you're listening to this, thank you for this conversation. This, this was sincerely fun and I really do appreciate your time. Uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year, guys. Like (laughs) there's two months left in this year. Where, where did this year go? Why did this year happen? (laughs) Look, I'll be honest. Like this year has been rough for me, guys. Like just on a personal level, just a lot of dealing with bs or whatnot but when it comes to the podcast itself i would argue that has obviously been like the best year of the podcast grant's only two years old but still like the the stuff i've been able to do the people i've been able to meet the the growth that we've had in the past 10 months alone you know i've been really reflective when it comes to this podcast and what i've been able to do and what i've been able to accomplish as of late um part of me thinks that i haven't done enough but part of me knows that the growth i've had is more than warranted and i've definitely developed a lot i've done a lot it's nothing to it's nothing to sneeze your nose at i get what what was that phrase (laughs) Long and short of it is, I, looking back, am proud of myself. And like usual, I want to say, I want to keep going. I definitely want to keep going. I know that some of the guests I have planned, some of the guests I want to bring on, I, I sincerely hope that you guys, like, enjoy. You know, having Dave and Ashley was great. Having Soda this week was wonderful. Some of the ones I've got coming up, they're just great conversations. All the conversations that I'm planning on bringing for this month are wonderful conversations, each and every single one. And I sincerely hope you guys get to enjoy them. Now, with that in mind, you know what? Yeah. With that in mind, just, you know, remember to, remember to take time to reflect sometimes, guys. You know, sometimes it, it's hard. You get in a mindset to where you have to think about what you can do, what you should be doing, what you got to do, what you need to do. It's not enough. Come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's not horrible, but you don't need to be too critical of yourself. But don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what you had to do to get to this point. Don't forget some of the fun and joy you've had along the way to get to this point. You guys put in a lot of time and effort doing what you do, doing what you love, and you guys deserve all the love and support possible. Keep that in mind pushing forth whatever creative process you have going forward because you deserve it. Especially seeing all that you've done, you deserve it. And I sincerely hope that you get more. Have a wonderful day, everyone.